Thank you for that special, very nice song, soothing to our spirit. And now we have come to the most important part of our service, which is the preaching of God's word. And uh, having said that, let's prepare our hearts and our minds. Of course, our Bible by default, without much delay, would like to call our pastor, Reverend Silmo Bingay, to preach to us the very word of God. Pastor, please. Thank you, special. Thank you, Sir Greg. And uh, we praise the Lord for another opportunity to be here this morning. If we are happy, please smile and uh, give a wave to someone. Uh, look around and say hi. <clears throat> okay. Thank you very much. As you all see, we have our, we continue our mission program. And here in our church, we maintain two separate uh, accounts for our finances. One is the tithe, uh, which is spent for our local church. Then we also have a mission offering we call the faith promise offering. This faith promise offering goes into our missions. <clears throat> As of today, we have 60 or 60 plus pastors that are under our support. And some of them receive regularly, monthly, and some of them occasionally, and we help them through their medical needs. We have their and their lots. So we get the money from out of this program, the Faith Promise program, enlarged vision for mission. I like that verse where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, we have, we always practice here, uh, each individual member. Uh, This yellow card, <clears throat> faith promise card, which says, my, how many of you have this already? And if you need one, raise your hand. Those who need one, our, our greeters can give you, raise your hand. You need to have this. Even if you don't, you don't participate, you need to have one. Is there anyone who needs uh, this faith promise card? It says, my faith promise for missions. It starts with the word my. So this is an individual matter between you and the Lord. You are not forced to participate. It is by faith between you and the Lord. It is your commitment <clears throat> to God. Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. By faith... In dependence upon God, I will endeavor to give each week toward the mission of the Bible Baptist Church the amount uh, designated at the right side. And so you put the amount. This is a weekly 
uh, basis. Weekly, you give it to the Lord for 52 weeks, or 52 Sundays for the year. And uh, so you sign your name, print your name, and then uh, put the signature because we keep record on your giving. Just to share, last year, uh, we had a goal of 100,000. We raised it from 90 to 100,000. And uh, there were 352 all-in-all persons that participated in this program, 352. And out of it, there were 279 persons participated with cards submitted. 73 persons gave their faith promise without faith promise card. So we encourage you, please uh, take this and then put your name. And uh, um, that is, you know, for you to support the program of our church. Now, uh, 100,000 per Sunday, that means we have 5,200,000, suppose for the years, supposedly for the year. And uh, our average last year, and we, we, we are aware that we have gone through 10-month um, pandemic. And it has affected our services. Our people, you know, have, many have lost their jobs. Many are struggling financially. Uh, out of 100,000 per week, last year we, we received an average of 84,811 point 85 centavos. That means we're off uh, last year of 15,188 per Sunday. And uh, we're off 700,089 ang last year to reach our goal. Considering that we have been bombarded by the pandemic for the past 10 months, mostly of the months last year uh, where uh, you know, hit by the pandemic, we thank the Lord for it. And but we want to raise our our goal for this year, and that is between us and the Lord. Between us and the Lord, fifty uh, to fifty-two weeks, uh, there were ninety-nine people who gave, and then nineteen gave forty-six to forty-nine weeks, seventeen gave. 40 to 45 weeks, 18 gave 30 to 39 weeks, 15 gave 20 to 29 weeks, and uh, 23 gave 10 to 19 Sundays, and 38, 1 to 9, and uh, so uh, all in all, 279 uh, people. We do encourage you to, to participate by faith. If you cannot go into the mission field, we can send a substitute. You see, the amount that you put here is something that the Lord lays in your heart. And how do I decide uh, how much? Above my tithe, uh, in that 100, 110,000, how much would the Lord um, burden my heart uh, for me to give uh, through missions? Lord, you pray above my tithe. When you give your tithe, you're not giving, actually you're returning God's share. God demands that 
10%, it, it is the Lord's. You are not giving when you give your tithes, actually. You just return God's claim share. And so, for missions, you, you do not have this amount yet. But you, by faith, you are praying that God will supply it through you. God will supply it. And uh, remember, God wants to consider us as channels of his blessing. And uh, there are unexpected, uh, unexpected blessings. And uh, the other week, or last week, I look at my record, and Mom Elsie says, there are five Sundays, five months with five Sundays. So um, um, I have to settle that. Regularly, I gave 30 and 15. So, and uh, so that was a big amount for me. And all of, you know, God, God was gracious. I received some gifts in December. And uh, I was able to, uh, exact amount that I can, para mataplan ako kung five weeks off. So the Lord provided 52 Sundays um, uh, last year. And I, we thank the Lord for His enabling grace. The Lord can supply. For example, you... Uh, are, you are traveling and you, you are riding in a bus and somebody uh, somebody all of a sudden you, you, you know them they are your friends would say well I, nagbayad, I, will pay, I will pay it for you and so uh, you know what that is faith promise faith promise and uh, so God can supply in many ways just have the heart to give and the Lord will enable us now, tomorrow, 8 o'clock, 8.30, I will be in St. Peter for the interment of Brother Julio Marasigan. That's the eldest brother of Brother Mike. And both Brother Mike and Brother Angel already went to be with the Lord. And so it's a really uh, 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 <clears throat> hard on the part of the Marasigans. Pray for them. So we will have the service, and the, the, the burial will be at, at uh, Orchard or uh, Forest Lake, just across, across uh, the uh, funeral homes. So, uh, and considering the traffic, I will be there at 8.30, I'll start the service. Friday, 9 o'clock again, um, we will bury Mrs. Mom, Emiliana Tata, she passed away. Uh, so um, it seems that every week, not a funeral service. And uh, um, uh, so we be praying much for our people. In Second Timothy this morning, Second Timothy chapter 4, verses number 6 <clears throat> to 8. I hope you can... <clears throat> Hear me clear at the back. I try my best to to do it so that you can. And I need your prayer. I have a harsh uh, throat, and so please, uh, please, please, I need your prayer. Second Timothy chapter four in your Bible, please. This morning, verse six to eight. Kindly rise as we give reverence to the Word of God. Believe me, I want to preach the word of God to you. And I have prayed 
uh, march for this service that the word of God will find a special place in our hearts. Verse 6, 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure, my death, my execution is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Three things. I have fought, number one, a good fight. Number two, I have finished my course. And number three, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that loved his appearing. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to preach the word of God. We need the word of God, especially nowadays. We need the comfort, the enlightenment of the word of God. May souls get saved today and your people will be strengthened by the preaching of thy word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Be seated, please. The assurance that a true child of God enjoys deep within his soul. The true or the assurance of a true child of God enjoys that a true child of God enjoys deep within his soul. I hope that this morning we will say a great, a, a great amen. Say that me, pastor, me too, have that great peace and joy and, and, and assurance in my heart today. In our text this morning, we see the Apostle Paul looking into three ways or three directions. Now, downward, backward, and forward. I say again, downward, backward, and forward. Downward, he looked to the grave and backward to his ministry and then forward to that great day, that great day of judgment. Downward, backward, and forward. Let us observe the life of Paul, the Apostle Paul, and mark the words he uses. You see, happy is that soul who can look where Paul looked and then speak as Paul spoke. Now, first of all, he looked downward to the grave and he does it without fear. We are in the midst of pandemic. We, we do everything we can to avoid it. But in reality, if you're a child of God, you are not afraid of death. God has removed the fear of death. And uh, so Paul looked downward to the grave and he does it without fear. Hear what he says in verse number 6. I am now, he says, ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? And so, I mean, 
Do you have that peace that passes all understanding that whatever happens, you know heaven is your home. You know Jesus is your Savior. You know Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, he says. I am now ready to be opened. In Philippians chapter 2 verse number 17, Paul wrote, yeah, he says, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, he says, I joy and rejoice with you all, he says. But here he says, for I am ready being put out as a drink offering based on the Greek word used here. He was simply telling I am now ready to be offered. said, I am being poured right now, remembering the drink offering in the Old Testament. In both passages, I am being poured out like a drink offering. It's one word in the Greek, spendome. The picture is that of a drink offering poured on the lamb sacrifice just before it was burned on the altar. Numbers 28 verse 24. Paul knew that the end was near. The end of his life was near. However, he did not tremble at the prospect of death. Two words you find in verse 6, the word offered and the word departure. I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure. Underline those. Two words, offered and departure in verse number six. These two verses tell us of his faith and of his confidence. His faith and his confidence. The word departure actually in verse number six. And the time of my departure. It is a beautiful word that has many meanings actually. Departure. First of all, it means to live. It means to lift the anchor and set sail. Ready to go. The boat is ready to go. The ship is ready to go. Preparing to himself. Paul looked on death as a release from the world. A release from the world. An opportunity to set sail into eternity. To move on into heaven. He says, and to be with Christ which is far Better. We say amen to that. To be absent from the body is to be present, he says, with the Lord. The moment a child of God dies, quickly he finds himself in the presence of Jesus. They are in the presence of Jesus. And uh, so it means to lift the anchor and set sail. Set sail. It, it, it simply means into eternity, into the presence of Jesus. In Philippians 1 verse 23, he says, For I am in strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far, he says, better. Compared to the life we have today. He felt that there was a need for him to stay because of the work of God. But if that, if that cannot be prevented, then I'm ready to go. To be with Christ compared to life, present life here is far 
more better. The word departure also means, number one, to take down a tent. This parallels with 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 to 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses number 1 to 8. Well, we know that if our earthly house, repairing to our earthly bodies, of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Our incorruptible body is in heaven. We're waiting for the res resurrection. We're waiting for the rapture. During the resurrection, all the dead in Christ will rise. All the dead in Christ will rise with their new bodies. And the living saints, when the rapture takes place, will be transformed. We will not bring this body into heaven. We have a new body now prepared for us. Of, of, of not made with hands. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. And uh, so Paul compared. Now he, we, we find that here Paul compared the death of a believer as, as to the taking down of tent or tabernacle. In order to receive a permanent glorified body. A house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens. Departure. The word departure also has the meaning of losing a prisoner. Paul was facing release. Remember this. Not execution. He was about to be executed. He was charged of the crime arson. And the. Uh, um, Emperor Nero uh, put all the blame on Paul. He did, he did not do anything wrong, but he was charged of arson, so therefore he was beheaded by Emperor, one of the cruelest, the, the, one of the most cruel emperors of Rome. But you know, Paul looked at death. He looked, he was facing death as a release, not execution. The unyoking of an ox is another meaning of this word. And I was born and raised in the farm and I know exactly what it means. Paul had been in hard service for many years. Now his master would unyoke him and promote him to a, a higher service, science hill. Go to the science hill. This is the highest calling the highest calling of a child of God. There waits for me a glad tomorrow. I hope I can sing it with my voice today. There waits for me a glad tomorrow. Mama Ellen, can you please uh, help me here? lang. You know, death means the master is unyoking you of the burden and promote you to higher service. You're going to Science Hill. There waits for me a glad tomorrow where gates of pearl swing open wide and when I pass this veil of sorrow. I like that. 
I'll dwell upon the other side someday beyond the reach of mortal can someday God only knows just where and when the wheels of mortal life shall all stand still and I shall go to dwell on Zion's hill. That is what death means to a child of God. You're leaving this world to live in Zion's hill. To live. Thank you, Mom Ellen. Paul says, now secondly, let us listen to Paul again as he looks backward to his ministry, his ministerial life, and he does it without shame. He can look down to the grave and he does it without fear. He can look back to his ministerial life, his calling, and he can do it without shame. Hear what he says in verse 7. I have fought three things, a good fight. That he speaks as a soldier. Number two, said, and, uh, um, um, I have finished my course. And there he speaks as one who has run for a prize. I have run the race, he says. Mark out for me. I have my own, said, I have my own race to run. I have my own course to follow. And I have, I have run the race that is set for me. I have gone over the ground appointed for me. However, rap and steep, I have not turned aside because of difficulties, nor been, nor been discouraged by the length of the way. Look at thirdly. Said, uh, said, I have kept the faith. There he speaks as a steward. I have kept, I have kept the faith. I have healed fast. I have been strong. That glorious gospel which was committed to my trust. I have not mingled once with man's tradition, nor spoiled its simplicity by adding my own inventions. As a soldier, a runner, a steward, he seems to say, I am not ashamed. I can look back to what God has, has, has called me to do, and I can look back without shame. He was ready. I am not ashamed. In, in Romans 1, 14 to 16, he says, I am both, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Verse number 15, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. Verse number 16, a favorite verse to every child of God, especially to every preacher. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greeks. Look at verse, now thirdly, verse number eight. First of all, he looked down to the grave, and as he does it without, and he does it without, without fear. He can face death without fear. He can look back. He can look back to his ministerial life and he does it without shame. He looks forward, verse number 8, 
to the great day of reckoning. And he does it without doubt. Without doubt, henceforth, he says, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, he's the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. What day? The day of judgment. The day when we stand before God in the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us must give an account of the things done in this body. Our sins will no longer be judged because they have been completely settled for by the death of Christ. But we go there and give an account of, of what we have done for the Lord Jesus Christ. He said here, and not to me only, but unto all them also, that love is appearing. In that great day of judgment, the Lord shall give me this crown. He shall give this crown to me and to all who love him as an unseen savior and those who long to see him face to face when my work on earth is over this one thing now remains for me to look forward to and nothing more I want to see my savior I want to hear him say well done thou good and faithful servant well done thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful in a few things. A Greek or Roman athlete who was a winner was rewarded by the crowds and usually got a laurel wreath or a garland of oak leaves. The word crown here used by Paul is the word stephanos, the victor's crown. God expects us to win our battle. Amen. God expects us to win the victory to have the crown of righteousness step on us now the, the crown of Jesus is diadema and Paul you see uh, Paul would not be given a fading crown of leaves his would be a crown of righteousness that would never fade thank God for that remember we are going to receive five crowns as a reward of faithfulness. We have the crown of righteousness here. We have the crown of rejoicing for the soul winners. We have the incorruptible crown. Those who discipline themselves. And we have the, we have the, we have the crown of glory intended for the pastors, for the preachers, for the teachers. And all those who support their pastors. The crown of glory. And we have the crown of life. Five different crowns. Paul says... I will be receiving the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteousness, not the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all Christians who love this appearing. Jesus Christ, I say, is the righteous judge. Amen. Jesus Christ is the righteous judge who judges always, who always judges correctly. You see, at that particular time, Paul's judges in Rome were not righteous. But the Lord is the righteous judge. He was facing the Roman court. And those judges were not righteous. If they were, they would have released Paul. How many times Paul had been tried in one court after another. He had been tried in the Jewish court. He had been tried in the Roman court. Yet now, finally, finally,
finally, he is facing his last judge. Who is that last judge? His Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we are ready to face the Lord, we, you need not to fear the judgment of men. My introduction, I have almost no more time. There are four things in our message today related to the assurance that a true child of God enjoys deep within his soul or her soul as he faces the great trials in this present life. Second Timothy 1 verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, nevertheless, I am not in spite of for the which cause I also suffer these things. But in spite of, he says, nevertheless, I am not offended. I am not discouraged. I am not ashamed. Why? For I know whom, he says. <coughs> I know whom. Not what I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. First of all, listen to this. The assurance of hope that Paul expresses here, listen to this, number one, the assurance of hope that Paul expresses here is something, something true and scriptural. It's real. I hope you have that assurance of hope today. It is not something floating in your mind. It is something real in the heart of Paul. It was settled in his life. It was completely settled in his mind. It was something settled in his heart. Based on the scripture. And I have a few things to say about that point. Number one, <clears throat> the assurance that Paul had experienced in his heart. And his soul is something bestowed by the Holy Spirit of God. Who does the, 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 the uh, who, who gives us the, the, the assurance we need? Romans 5, please. Verse number 1. Romans chapter 5. Look at verse number 1 in your Bible, please. Romans 5. It is given by the Holy Spirit of God. Romans 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into His grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad. Now, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes it real. The assurance that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, we're in the midst of pandemic today. The strong assurance in the heart is real. It is something real in your heart. You know it. How can a, a child of God know? You know it through the Holy Spirit of God. 
He looks into deep into your heart, and uh, he, if he finds something there, uh, an empty place of your heart, he he would come down and fill it with <clears throat> the love of God. He will spread abroad the love of God in your heart. Number two, the assurance of hope will will keep and lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. Yes. You look at, you watch the news today. It's, it's scary. Yes. You listen to what is happening today. They said there is a new variant going on in, 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 you know, in, in, in UK today. And soon it will be here. And then it will be coming to our city. Who knows? But if you have the assurance that God will never leave you. <clears throat> if you have the assurance that he will never forsake you. If you have the assurance that he is our shield and buckler. If you have the assurance like David. As I travel to the valleys of life. It is the Lord is my shepherd. If the Lord takes care of me, there is nothing I lack. He's my provider, He's my security. And God's people should say amen to that. Psalm 23, verse 4, David says, Yeah, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, though <coughs> there was really a a shadow of death that, that that shepherds would go through and travel through with their sheep and and the shepherd would lift his sheep one by one and would go to the valley of death risking his life for the protection of his sheep that is the God we serve he is our shepherd yeah now I walk he says to the valley of the shadow of death. Look at this. I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Yes, we can go anywhere. We can, we can sing. Anywhere with Jesus. <coughs> Somebody reminded me. Say, Pastor Inga, you are at risk. Every week you bury people. Kung pwede lang balibaran, I would love to stay home. But I have a divine call. I have a call from God to do it. I'm doing it because I am called of God. And I need to be faithful to God. In, in, if you talk about security, my security is the Lord. My provision comes from the Lord. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Fear no evil. The Holy Spirit of God puts inside of your heart and your mind the reality of the Word of God. And you will, you will be surprised. You will be surprised. All the fear of death will be taken away. 
Instead, you have the peace of God deep inside. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You are with me, he says. Thank God. In his commentary, the treasure of David, the great Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the Prince of Baptist preacher had this. His commentary on Psalm 23 verse 4. And I, I love to share it with you. It's, it's quite long but I hate not to share it with you. He says his words in Psalm 23 verse 4. Listen to what he says. This unspeakably delightful verse has been sung on many a dying bed. And has helped to make the dark valley bright times out of mind. Every word in it has a wealth of meaning. Yea, though I walk as if the believer did not quicken his pace or his steps when he came to die, but still calmly walk with God, to walk indicates the steady advance of a soul which knows its road, knows its end, resolves to follow the path, feels quite safe, and is therefore perfectly calm and composed. The dying saint is not in a flurry or a sudden commotion. He does not run as though he were alarmed, nor stand still as though he would go no farther. He is not confounded, not ashamed, and therefore keeps his old face, his normal steps. Observe that it is not walking in the valley, but walking through the valley. Not walking. David did not say, Yeah, though I walk in the shadow. No. But I walk through the valley. We go through the dark tunnel of death and emerge into the light of immortality. We do not die. We do not sleep to wake in glory. Rather, we do wake, we do sleep to wake in glory. Death is not the house, but the porch. Not the goal, it's not the end, but the passage to it. We just go through the valley of the shadow of death. The dying article is called a valley. The storms breaks on the mountain, but the valley is the place of quietude and thus full open. The last days of the Christian are most peaceful of his whole career. The mountain is bleak and bare, but the valley is rich with golden sheaves, and many a saint has reaped more joy and knowledge when he came to die than he ever knew while he lived. And then, it is not the valley of death, but the valley of the shadow of death. For death in its substance has been removed. The only shadow of it remains. Yes, God has conquered death on the cross through Jesus Christ. Someone has said that when there is a shadow, there must be light somewhere. Yes. You cannot have a shadow without light. Somewhere there's light. And so there is death stands by the side of the highway in which we have to travel. 
and the light of heaven shining upon him throws a shadow across our path. Let us then rejoice that there is a light beyond. Nobody is afraid of a shadow. For a shadow cannot stop man's pathway. Even for a moment. The shadow of a dog cannot bite. The shadow of a sword cannot kill. The shadow of death cannot destroy us. Let us not therefore be afraid. In Psalm 30 verse 5, Jesus, the, the, the psalmist says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We do not stay here. We do not walk in the valley. That is not the end of our existence. For to me to live is Christ, which is, and then verse 20, and go to be with Christ, which is far better. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. In 2 Samuel 23 verse 4, he shall be, David looks into the re- forward to the resurrection morning. And he shall be as light of the morning when the sun ariseth, even the morning without clouds. Thank God. David looks forward to the land of glory, the sweet Beulah land. You see the presence of the Lord. Another thing has empowered Paul and brought great comfort to him. In his ministry. Second Corinthians 1 verse 8. To verse number 10. You know it says in verse 8. We dis- it was so great. Of a trial that we despaired. Out of life. Where do we find this experience? At least Paul was stoned. To death. He was preaching. In a place called Lystra. And evil men came. And persuaded the people. They stoned Paul. He literally, you know, fell. And as Paul was, Paul was then miraculously preserved in Acts 14, 19 to 20. Something that he was actually killed, raised to life again, because stoning was usually reliable, was a reliable form of execution. I imagine it was a very sad moment for the disciples surrounding Paul. While he was, uh, you know, Lying flat on the ground. And you can look at Paul. He's no longer breathing. The disciples gathered around. And I say that must have been. One of the saddest moments. In the history of Christianity. Why the greatest Christian. The greatest missionary. And the greatest preacher. Named Paul. Was dead. He's lying on the ground now. I believe the Christians were crying. I believe they were so sad as they got around Paul. And I also believe they prayed. And all of a sudden, Paul stood up. Paul stood up. Paul was killed, yes. I imagine, you know, they had God's comfort. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 up to verse 18 But I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Thank God we have hope. We have hope. Satan struck Job with sore boils from head to foot. Yes. 
he tried to damage the raw and the physical body of Job. But you know what, Job? For one year, Job, one whole year, Job, day one after the last of 360 days, 360 days, every day was a painful experience for Job. Had lost his children, had lost his possession. He was even con- convinced by his wife to curse God and die. Every day for 360 days was a painful experience for Job. But was Job alone? No. God was there to comfort Job in the midst of the painful sore boils that Satan struck on Job's physical body. Job was sustained by the assurance of the future resurrection of the people of God. You know what he says? I know. I know that my Redeemer liveth. And that he shall stand on the latter day. The worms, he says, destroy completely my body. Yet in my flesh I shall see God. There is the hope of the resurrection. We're not defeated by the pandemic. This pandemic, if ever it would, it would find you. Remember this, this is not the end of our existence. We have a home in heaven. We need to be faithful serving the Lord. There is peace from God that will guard our hearts and minds. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Paul says in Romans 8.31, If God be for us, who can be against us? I have to hasten myself. Go to the next point here. There may be others who are saved. Maybe it's you. There may be others who are saved, yet have not reached this level of spiritual maturity due to some reasons. Paul says, I know whom I have believed. Job says, I know that my Redeemer lived. David, when his child died, during the course of the sickness, he pastored, he refused to eat. He refused to talk to anyone. And he looked at those servants whispering with his other. He asked them, is the child dead? And of course they said, yes, sir, he's dead. He rose from the ground. And then, went to the temple with a big smile. And those around David, surrounding David, said, we cannot understand this King David. You... You, you, were, you were weeping, you were crying, and you refused to eat, and you refused to talk to people while the child was yet alive. Now that he is dead, we can understand it. Why are you smiling? Why are you smiling? You know what David says? Now he is dead. Listen to me, now he is dead. Can I bring him back again? 
And you know what David says? I, that's assurance. I, without doubt, I shall go to him. He shall not return to me. I have my personal, I don't know if you can notice it. You have noticed it. I must have buried so many, many people. And every time I say, now let us close the coffin. No one is interested in viewing the body. I said I would signal to the uh, grave men and they would slowly close the coffin. In all times, I would always put my hand laid on the coat. Deep inside I would say, see you. See you when the Lord comes. Why? Because that is not the end. That is not the end, my child of God. There are people, they may be saved, but, but you know, they lack this assurance today. They have not reached the level you know, of spiritual maturity for some reason. Number one, they are, they, 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 some are young in the faith. They're young converts and need to be instructed. I wish I can, I can expound it there. Number two, some lack the assurance due to personal neglect. They refuse to become you know, students of the Bible. And that's the reason why they do not know. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Yes, it's sad to say goodbye to a loved one at death, but we do not sorrow like those people that has no hope. We have a hope. We have a home in heaven. Number three, as believers in Christ, we must vehemently desire for God's divine assurance for it makes a believer a committed child of God. I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed. Yes, I live today. Not me. The life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because Paul knew the Lord. It made him a committed child of God. Number one, we believers must greatly desire to achieve full assurance because of the present comfort and peace it affords us. We need to desire that we achieve full assurance because of the present comfort and peace it affords. You see, one of the natural purpose, the main purposes of the Bible is to give us assurance. Paul says in Romans 4, 6-8 that you are saved past, present, and future. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. You go to uh, uh, Romans, you go to John 10, verse 20, Jesus says, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Assurance. First John 5.13 These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God 
that he may know that he have eternal life. Assurance! Number one assurance that we are saved. That no matter what happens, heaven is our home. Heaven is our home. There is peace. I pity those people that bury their loved ones without hope, without the Bible, without the meaning, without knowing the meaning of life eternal in Jesus. All they had is two weeks, and all they had was confusion in the mind. They are wondering uh, where, where, the, where the, the soul of their loved ones have gone. But we have the assurance of the word of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. David says, can I bring him back again? No, he says, I shall go to him. Death for a child of God simply means to see, to go and see your loved ones. Oh, thank God. Thank the Lord for that. Multitudes of people today live in constant trouble. For having no certain answer to where they would go if the cold hand of death would touch them. At a certain level they know that there is eternity behind, beyond this present life. But the question, where will they spend their eternity after death? This is a question that, that, the, a question that haunts the minds of many people today. How wonderful it is for, for us to hear someone like the Apostle Paul, like you, say in Second Timothy 1.12, For I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day, what day, the day of judgment. Thank God. We need assurance. We need assurance, amen. For assurance will help us. It will help us. It will help us to bear poverty and loss. You know, it will teach us to say in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 34. Hebrews 10, verse number 34. Here it says in verse 34, For he had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyful the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. <clears throat> Authority, because of their newfound faith, came to these believers, early believers. They took everything they had. They burned them. They, 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 uh, they took them as spoils. Christians, if you read the Dark Ages history of believers, 1,200 years in the Dark Ages, Christians were burned as stake. Baptists were thrown into the sea with chain on their neck. 50 million Baptists suffered because of, because of one reason. They believed the Bible. They refused infant baptism. They refused to worship idols. And these 50 million Baptists died with the assurance that whatever happens, heaven is our home. 50 million. 
You know, these people have lost their belongings, they've lost their dignity, they were forbidden to go to school. Somebody asked me, why is it that, that we, we do not find much commentary written by Baptist preachers? Because Baptist forefathers, Baptist preachers before, they suffered persecution, they were barred to go to school, they were deprived of education, they were deprived of liberty. They suffered so much. They took their belongings. You know what? How they responded? Oh yes, never mind. They can get everything they want. But I have no matter. But because I know I have a better and enduring treasure in heaven. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Thank God. And receive you unto myself. That where I am, there he may be also. Assurance will help a man bear poverty and loss. Number two, assurance will support the child of God during his heaviest bereavements and assist him to feel and say, it is well with my soul. An assured child of God would know that even though my loved one is dead now, we laid his body, we lay his body on his temporary resting place. He's just sleeping there, but the real him is in heaven. I know that my loved one is now in heaven, in the presence of Jesus. He or she is now with the Lord. I know it because the Bible gives me hope that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I know David. And it changed attitude. Why? Because um, said, shall I said, he shall not come to me, but I shall go to him. Yes. You see, when a child of God dies, it will only bring him right into the place where he can be united with his loved ones in heaven. And we say amen to that. Why do we feel that? Why do we respond differently? Because in one word, we have the assurance. Assurance will enable a man to praise God and even be thankful. Even in prison like Paul and Silas. They cast Paul and Silas. They were bleeding. They had open lacerations on their back. They had not been given food. They suffered so much. They were scourged. And they put them into the inner prison. But in spite of that, in spite of that, Paul and Silas could still sing praises to God. Why? You look back in chapter 16. Luke says, We went to a certain place, the Spirit forbid it. Secondly, we turned to another place, the Spirit suffered us not. But all of a sudden, there was a call from Macedonia. A man from Macedonia says, Come over and help us. And immediately, when we, when we have seen the vision, Luke says, immediately, we endeavored to go to Macedonia. And then there's a word there, assuredly, gathering that the Lord has called us into that place. Deep inside, they were, they were, they were, they were weak now. 
wounds with blood. They have changed both hands and foot. They are put into the stock. But instead of complaining and questioning, they praise God because from the very beginning they knew it happened to them at Philippi, one of the cities of Macedonia. It happened to them because assuredly, assuredly knowing that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel there. Sure, Silas, Paul would say, and uh, Mr. Silas, my partner, God has put us here because he has a divine purpose. The divine purpose was there was a pagan jailer had never heard the word of God, had never seen and heard the preacher, had never heard hope in Christ while they were singing. And there was an earthquake to make the story short. That man, that heathen, pagan, jailer, got saved. That is the purpose. In every trial we have, remember this, we know that all things together work for good. He got saved. He was baptized. And based on the history of tradition, that man became the first pastor of the Bible Baptist Church in Philippi. Wow. Assurance will enable man to sleep with full prospect of death on the morrow like Peter. He was scheduled to die the next day. That evening he went to sleep. An angel came to awaken him. Yes, in the heaviest trials of our lives, we need the assurance that will enable us to say, it is well with my soul. I will end my message, but I will end it here. Telling you the story of, this, of the gospel song we sing, our favorite to all of us, it is well with my soul. This beloved gospel song was written by a Chicago Presbyterian layman, Horatio G. Spafford. Born in North Troy, New York, on October 20, 1828. As a, as a young man, Spafford had established a most successful legal practice in Chicago, his lawyer. Despite his financial success, he always maintained a keen interest in Christian activities. He enjoyed a close and active relationship with D.L. Moody and the other evangelist leaders of that era. He was described by George Stephen, a noted gospel musician, as a man of unusual intelligence and refinement, deeply spiritual, and a devoted student of the scripture. Some months prior to the Chicago fire of 1871, Spafford invested heavily in real estate on the shore of Lake Michigan, and his holdings were wiped out by the fire, the disaster. Just before this, he had experienced the death of his son. He lost, he lost 
everything in the fire. His son died. During arrest, now desiring arrest for his wife and four daughters as well, as wishing to join and assist Moody and Sankey in one of their campaigns in Great Britain, Spafford planned a Europe trip for his family in 1873. In November that year, of that year, due to unexpected last-minute business developments, he had to remain in Chicago. But he sent his wife and four daughters ahead as scheduled on the SS Bile Duharm. He expressed to follow in a few days. On November 22, the ship was struck by Lockhearn, an English vessel, and sunk in 12 minutes. Several days later, the survivors were finally landed at Cardiff, Wales, and Mrs. Papward cabled her husband, and this is what she said, saved alone. That means the four daughters perished. Shortly after Spafford left by ship to join his bereaved wife, it is speculated that on the sea, on the sea near the area where it was thought his four daughters had drowned, Spafford penned this text with words so significantly describing his own personal grief. When sorrows like sea billows roll. It is noteworthy, however, that Spafford does not dwell on the theme of life's sorrow and trials, but focuses attention in the third stanza of the redemptive work of Christ, and in the fourth verse anticipates his glorious second coming. Humanly speaking, it is amazing that one could experience such personal tragedies and sorrows as did Horatius Papward, and still be able to say with such convincing clarity, it is well with my soul. One account I read, he rented a small boat and he looked around where those four daughters drowned and they told him, sir, this is where they perish. Took his pen, wrote this song. When peace like a river. I like this song. Took his pen, wrote this song. It was later arranged by Philip Bliss. When peace like a river attended my way when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul it is well with my soul it is well it is well 
with my soul. You know what makes that man act like that? That word, assurance. Oh Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sighed. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. We need assurance. Outside of Christ, there is no assurance. Outside of Christ, there is no life eternal. Outside of Christ, there is no divine protection. Outside of Christ, there is no divine security. I know whom I have believed. If you have never received Christ, please open your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I now realize that you came to die for my sins. I surrender myself to you and be my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. Remember, Christians, outside of Christ, there is no assurance. Jesus Christ is the shepherd of our souls. Come to Jesus. Come unto me, all in that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you. Let us all stand, please. My apology for the few minutes that we extended. But I believe the word of God is more important to us Especially nowadays. Sir Greg will come. Maybe you need assurance. You need God's comfort and peace. Just kneel down where you are and pray God. Give me that peace. Give me that assurance. That enabled Daniel to face the lions. That assurance to gave, that gave Paul peace. To face the sword. I need you. Sir Greg, please. Giving an invitation, only one verse. Uh, but before that, if you are with us today, and if you haven't been saved, meaning to say, you do not know where your soul go when you die in this world, now is the time. God is offering a gift of salvation. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but a gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God loves you. And probably today, today at this very hour is your salvation day. Receive and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior by faith. Whatever God says, He will do it. If he said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's going to save your soul at this moment. Grab this great opportunity before it's too late. Let's sing. What song are we going to sing, Brother Mark?
Only one verse. Only one verse. And after that, we stop. What song? Sing only trust him. Okay, so only one verse. Go ahead, Brother Mark. Go ahead. God loves you. John 1.12 But as many as receive him, the Lord Jesus Christ, give him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. God made that great promise. It's just one statement, but it carries a heavy message. And God is serious in giving you the gift of salvation. God loves you. Receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and be part of the Great Commission. Tell others about the good news of salvation. There's still so many. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Only Christ few Christians in this world. Be saved and tell others about the good news of salvation. Christians, if you have something you need to tell God, now is the time. Be committed to God. Be committed to God. And all the people say, Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor, for that great message. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. Once again, God is faithful. He has fed us not only today, before, today, and continually uh, while waiting for His coming. Okay, so in behalf of the church, thank you for coming physically. In behalf of the church, for those who are with us by... Uh, uh, electronic means thank you for joining us especially our first time visitors i hope you will be with us again the next time we're gonna have our service by the way we're here in the city of Dabao, in the island of mindanao the philippines uh, pst pacific uh, standard time or equivalent to gmt plus eight in terms of time zones close our eyes bow down our heads and pray heavenly father and loving god we praise your holy name for a great message given by our pastor today about the peace, the joy, and assurance coming from you. Uh, thank you so much for uh, loving us. Lord, help us that uh, like Apostle Paul of old, we have fought a good fight. Help us to do the same, to continue and expand the works of God in spite of the pandemic. He said he has finished the course. Help us, Lord, to continue telling others that before we live in this world, we will also be able to finish our course. Lord, help us to keep the faith and be strong and not be discouraged whatever may come uh, in this world. And we learn, dear Father, and we believe, as you have said, in this world there will be tribulation. Lord, we understand it's hard but Lord, sustain us. Because whatever they will, they will be done. But Lord, have compassion upon your people. You've been with us for 63 long years. We're heading toward the 64 years. Lord, help us to do their will. Help us, Lord, to be committed. Help us, Lord, to have that desire for the assurance of God. Just like Apostle Paul and King David of old. So many Christians have died, millions and millions, Lord. And they have been persecuted. And also at this time, it's so hard for us to bring others to Christ. But you have given us the means, you have given us technology to be able to talk to them. Help us to open our mouth to tell the good news of salvation. To tell others about the truth. So that the truth will set them free. Free from the bondage of sin. 
Thank you for the breath of life and saving our souls in spite that we are unworthy. If there is someone in our midst who is not yet saved, I pray, we pray, the Holy Spirit will continue to talk to that person's heart that he or she will be saved, including his family. Thank you for the victory today as we are about to go. Bless your people, dear Father. Bless us. Thank you for loving us. Written back all the glory, the honor, and power unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Once again, good morning, and may God bless us all.